Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is brought to you by the Crosscheck Podcast, hosted by Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark, which goes deeper into NHL stories than any other podcast with the help of the smartest minds on ice. Follow the Crosscheck Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, May 26th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. Alright, good afternoon everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. We got a good episode on tap today. I'll be starting my 2021 season player recaps. That's how I'll be wrapping up today's episode. Um, I'm also going to provide a short little update on the Blackhawks players in the World Championships that are taking place at the moment. A pretty scary moment for one of the top Hawks prospects this morning. But what I'm going to open the episode with today is an update on the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs because they have been nothing short of tremendous so far. Fans are back in a lot of arenas, which is awesome to see. The crowds are roaring, and it was a perfect time for this to happen with the playoffs starting up because the atmosphere, it's, as I said, nothing short of tremendous. The crowds are going, the atmosphere is rowdy, and it really does make it feel like playoff hockey is going on. Last year with no crowds there, it was so awkward, and the fake fan noises were so corny and everything. There was no real home ice advantage, but this time around, let me tell you, that Carolina uh, and Nashville game last night, which, by the way, was the third consecutive game of that series that's gone to overtime, the previous two were double overtime winners, by the way, by the Nashville Predators. That knotted up the series 2-2. Two to two. Uh, Last night, they had the Canes on the ropes again, but late in the third period, Marty Natchez scored a beautiful wraparound goal to tie the game up, his second goal of the night. The fans were right back into it. Credit to the Caniacs because they were awesome for their team in a really big Game 5. And then in OT, Captain Jordan Stahl gets kind of a lucky bounce. I'm not even fully sure it went in off of him. I kind of thought... It bounced in off of uh, the stick or the skate of Roman Yossi, but regardless of how it got past uh, Saros, it did nonetheless, and it gave Carolina the 3-2 series lead. I originally, if you guys listened to my predictions on the Stanley Cup playoffs last week, I had the Canes winning this series in five games. I thought they were going to completely overpower the Predators, but... 
That hasn't been the case so far at all. The Preds have put up quite a fight, and a lot of that credit has to go to uh, the guy who absolutely killed the Blackhawks this season, UC Saros. They just never could find a way to score goals on this guy. It seemed like every time they faced him, they could only get uh, one or two if they were lucky. They had that one game where they came from behind from 4-1 to one in, in the third period to tie it up and then win 5-4 in overtime. But besides that, Saros got the best of the Blackhawks throughout the regular season. And uh, <clears throat> he's a big reason why the Predators got to the postseason in the first place and clearly been a big part of why they're giving Carolina quite a fight in this first-round series. I also, of, of course, had to be sure to get into the Edmonton Oilers getting swept by the Winnipeg Jets, which I don't think uh, anyone really saw coming. After the incredible years that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl put together, they just never got in that comfortable rhythm during this series when I watched them. It seems like Josh Morrissey, who was uh, actually among the uh, NHL defenseman leaders in the bottom of the war, I believe only Eric Carlson had worse wins above replacement than Josh Morrissey did. But throughout that series against Edmonton, it really looked like he played against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl really well. I thought he was a big part of why those guys never just got comfortable out there on the ice. Um, when you look at the numbers, you know, they still were pretty solid when you put things into perspective. Uh, it wasn't quite at the rate that they were at in the regular season, but uh, still, uh, Connor McDavid was over a point per game. I believe the same was for Dreisaitl, uh, but it just felt like it all came in bunches, and in the clutch overtime moments of the series, those guys never came up big for the Oilers, so that led to another tough exit for Edmonton. Now that makes back-to-back years for them. Um, this time around, not even a win- winning a game in the playoffs, getting swept by a fellow Canadian team in the Winnipeg Jets, and of course, the year prior, us Blackhawks fans know best, defeating the Oilers in the best-of-five play-in series in just four games. I don't know, you know, what to do with this Oilers team going forward if I was general manager Kenny Howland, but clearly... The makeup of the roster, it isn't getting it done in the crucial parts of the year right now. So that could lead to a lot of changes coming in Edmonton in the offseason after getting swept by the Jets in four games, which uh, certainly didn't help out my bracket. I had the Oilers in six games here, although... I did have them falling that up by losing to the Montreal Canadiens, or not the Montreal Canadiens, um, excuse me, the Toronto Maple Leafs in the second round. And speaking of the Maple Leafs, not not the Montreal Canadiens, uh, the Maple Leafs, who I selected to win this series, um, they have now jumped out to a 3-1 to lead after three consecutive wins following that um, disappointing Game 1 loss where Twitter was on fire, I should say, uh, Leafs Twitter was on fire, the media was blowing everything out of proportion, Montreal had that horrible headline picture of John Tavares, who suffered that devastating hit, took a knee to the head, like, at, at full speed, and I guess he also, uh, suffered, I think, a leg injury it was, um, a real scary moment there for, 
Uh, Tavares, of course, one of the NHL's top players. But since since that moment, the Leafs have done a good job of rallying for him and uh, look like a team that's on a mission, which I like to see because uh, I have him going to the Stanley Cup final, baby, which... I got a lot of crap for it. I can't deny it. All my buddies, when I told them, they're like, they're, no, the Tor- Toronto's not going to the Stanley Cup. Um, but, hey, let's let's not forget here. Th- this is the Stanley Cup playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. The definition of anything can happen. I like the Leafs to come out of the North. I think they take care of business against Montreal here and uh, finish up this series in either five or six. Then... I think they can ride the hot hand over the Jets and get the job done there. I just feel like they're the more complete team than Winnipeg is. Uh, and then I'm hoping that they can stay hot and get the best of the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Bolts are currently up on the Florida Panthers 3-2 to in their first round series. They were actually up 3-1 to heading into Game 5, and the Panthers came away with a mammoth 4-1 to victory with rookie Spencer Knight making his postseason debut. How about that? It's not the $10 million man in Sergei Bobrovsky, not the stellar backup in Chris Drieger. No, it's the 20-year-old rookie phenom Spencer Knight that's in goal for the Florida Panthers in an elimination game. Never saw that coming uh, in the first couple months of the season. And Knight played really well. I mean, he opened it up a little shaky by allowing a goal uh, in the opening minute of the game. That's never how you want to um, start off an elimination game, especially in your debut in net, falling behind one nothing in the opening minute. Uh, Russ, Ross Colton opened the scoring for the Bolts. But then after that, Knight was on top of his game. He stopped 37 in a row to finish things up and earned his first NHL playoff victory to keep the Panthers alive. And... After that performance, you gotta assume he's gonna be in there uh, once again tonight for a crucial Game 6 in Tampa Bay. Alright, there is my quick update on the 2021 Stanley Cup Playoffs. Coming up in just a minute, I also wanted to be sure to get into a little bit of news regarding the Blackhawks players and prospects taking part in the World Championships. But first, I need to talk to you all about Lucy Nicotine. Lucy Nicotine is a company followed by, founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers that are looking for a better and cleaner alternative. Finally, a tobacco alternative that doesn't suck. Lucy has created a nicotine gum that's been researched and developed for over three years and comes in wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate flavors. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three other flavors, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lozenges and gum are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy right now. It's 2021, ladies and gentlemen. Get rid of your cigarettes, Unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your front door each month. And now, you can get 20% off as well by going to lucy.co and using the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL, one word in all caps. That's lucy.co with the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL to get 20% off your first order on all products. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. 
I also need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even as much as 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or at a new car dealership? Chain stores and car dealerships have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're always reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is also remarkably unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and you can even choose the brands, specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that you will ever need for your car or truck for the best possible prices. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. I just finished up talking about the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs. And by the way, I actually forgot to mention that the Boston Bruins already eliminated the Washington Capitals in just five games of their first round series. Not the way I thought that one was going to go. Um, I, I personally wasn't sure if the Bruins were going to have the defense and or the goaltending to get the job done over the Caps. Uh, but Tuka Rask completely shut that offense down. I believe he made 41 saves in that Game 5 victory when Boston only had like 20 shots on goal themselves. Uh, only one goal got by Rask, and if he can keep playing like that, I mean, he played really well in those final two or three games. If he can keep keep that up, uh, the Bruins are a scary team to look out for going forward in these playoffs. I had the Caps winning that series in seven games, but uh, that, of course, isn't going to be happening. We know what that top line of uh, Marshawn, Bergeron, and Pasternak can do, though. They can be lethal, arguably the deadliest line across the NHL. And now they got Taylor Hall. He's playing on that second line with... David Krejci and Craig Smith, that gives them a solid scoring second line, and they also have a strong bottom six forward group that can um, kind of grind on both sides of the puck. They, they're good penalty killers, but they can also chip in offensively from time to time, and then that's when this team is playing at its best, when it all, their forward group has uh, you know, kind of all four lines going, and it can really be quite scary for the opposition. But for all of that to matter, you got to get good goaltending to have a chance in this league. And Tuka Rask appeared to be back on top of his game for the Bruins to close out that series against the Washington Capitals. Now, getting into some Blackhawks news, I had to be sure to start this by mentioning a scary incident that occurred this morning with Blackhawks top forward prospect Lucas Reichel, who, as I talked about on Monday's episode, is expected to sign his entry-level contract with the team following the conclusion of this tournament. And early on in this game against Kazakhstan, Reichel suffered a bad hit to the head 
by uh, one of their defensemen completely hitting him with his shoulder pads right to the head, and somehow no penalty was called on the play. I have no idea how the officiating crew missed that one because, um, at least to me, it was a pretty blatant hit to the head, and it occurred on one of the top players in this game and for Team Germany. I don't know how you missed that one, but Reichel went down, headed back to Germany's locker room in that first period. He did return, however, for uh, a couple of shifts in the second period, which at the time felt like a positive sign, but then he didn't see a single minute of ice time down the stretch. Uh, in a game where Germany wound up losing 3-2 to two to Kazakhstan, the upset train continues here in the World Championships as Germany is no longer undefeated, and to not see Reichel play for them down the stretch in such a big game, you, you know, that can't not make you worried at least a little bit. Um, no update has been provided up to this point, but... Definitely something to keep an eye on here as I'm sure we'll be hearing something from Team Germany or the Blackhawks rather soon. I also wanted to be sure to mention that uh, Russia took on Denmark this morning and came away with a solid 3-0 victory. Nikita Zadorov continues to play top pairing minutes for the Russians, playing the right side though, by the way, which he didn't do a lot of this season with the Blackhawks. It could be something... They could uh, possibly look into doing if they do decide to keep him around in the offseason. But Zadorov, he didn't add to his point total in this game. He's got two assists now through uh, four contests, but he's also a plus six. He was a plus one in today's game over Denmark. So uh, he's been on the ice for a lot more goals for at even strength than goals against in his large amount of ice time so far for Team Russia. As for Max Shalunov, still playing first-line center and still remains pointless. No points in four games now for Shalunov. Just waiting for it to happen. Uh, clearly, he's cooled off a bit since that crazy goal-scoring spurt, but hopefully he can at least get something on the board or finish on a nice little streak here in the back half of the tournament for Russia, who just picked up their third victory in four games by defeating Denmark 3-0. Alright, there are my Blackhawks updates from the 2021 World Championships. Coming up in just a moment, it's time for Patrick Kane's 2021 season recap. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball is back. The NBA and NHL playoffs are in the first round. UFC is in full swing all year around. And you can get the latest news, odds, and info with Bet Online. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also sign up with your mobile device today. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. I just got done talking about the scary moment for Lucas Reichel this morning and Team Russia picking up the 3-0 win over Denmark. Now, to wrap things up here today on the show, it's time to kick off my 2021 season recap segment, where I will be going through each and every Blackhawks player that saw NHL action in 2021, talking about their impact on the team, their stat lines, analytics, etc., and I will be finishing it off by rewarding each player with an official grade for their play this season. So, starting things off, I mean, who else to start with but number 88, Patrick Kane, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, you can make an argument that Alex DeBrinkett had the biggest impact for this Blackhawks team in 2021, but I still think you have to consider Patrick Kane to be the team MVP, especially for how great he was playing for this team near that midway point of the season. Like, if things wrapped up right there, right then and there, around, you know, that 25 to 30 game mark or so, Kane had a legitimate gripe for being the league MVP because uh, he was on a tear, the Blackhawks were in a playoff spot early, and he was really the guy that was, uh, he, he was getting the job done for him, regularly recording two or three points a night to lead them to victory. Now, he did cool off a little bit in the second half of the season, particularly in the goal-scoring department, but when you go and look at his numbers on the year, I mean, he still finished sixth in the NHL with 66 points. That was tied with Austin Matthews and Miko Rantanen, and he also had more points than many notable guys, such as uh, Nathan McKinnon, Mark Shifley, Sidney Crosby, both Jonathan Huberdeau and Alexander Barkov, and he did all of that while scoring by far a career low with just 15 goals. His previous career low had been 21 back in his rookie season of 2007-2008. Every year up until now, Kane had scored at least 20 goals, even in the lockout-shortened 2012-2013 season where uh, each NHL club played just 47 games. So even though the goal scoring wasn't there for Kaner this season, that didn't stop him at all from being uh, a major factor on the ice for the Blackhawks. He finished third in the NHL with 51 assists, trailing only Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And those 51 assists for Kane They were tied for the fifth most in his NHL career. Despite playing in only 56 games, he had the fifth best assist output of his 14-year career. Imagine how many points this guy would have put up had he uh, been on his regular game in the goal-scoring department that we've seen uh, from the last couple of years. That's really the the big area that Kaner's taken his game to the next level. It was clear from his... Uh, rookie campaign in the NHL that he was going to be a playmaker at this level, but he struggled a little bit early on to consistently find the back of the net. But ever since that uh, 2015-16 season where he scored 46 goals en route to winning the Hart Trophy, he's been right up there with the best of them in that department, Um, but not in 2021. And a big reason for that, ladies and gentlemen, is because Patrick Kane shot a career-low 7.9% this season. In the 13 years prior, Kane had only shot below 10% just three times, and all three of those were in the nines. So, 
7.9% this year. He had never been below 9 in the past. By far a career low here for Kaner. Uh, his career shooting percentage also, to put things into perspective a little bit, is 11.9%. And that definitely took a drop this season. It was probably somewhere closer to like 125 coming into 2021. And that's just hockey sometimes. Uh, we saw that exact same thing happen to Alex Dabrinkit last year. Just a ridiculously lower shooting percentage than what we had seen in the past. Um, and for whatever reason, the, he just wasn't getting the bounces. And the pucks just weren't going in. But what did he respond with? By finishing third in the NHL with 32 goals. So um, I don't think that this is going to become a trend for Kaner. Knowing him, he's going to put put a lot of work in during the offseason to get that number back up to where he wants it to be. He's a guy who, he knows the numbers, he's aware of what's going on in the league, so I'm sure he knows that uh, scoring a career-low 15 goals backed by a career-low 7.9 shooting percentage, you know, that, that could have cost him uh, an even better season than he already had. One one thing I forgot to mention here, a key key detail is that during Kane's final interview with the Blackhawks before the summer, he mentioned that he had been dealing with a bit of an injury ever since the playoff bubble way back in like July and August of 2020. He didn't exactly say what he was dealing with, of course, NHL style, they don't really have to and they never do. Um why give the opposition the advantage of knowing what kind of injury you've been working with. Um, so Kane really only said that uh, he had been dealing with a bit of an injury, but he will not need surgery to recover from whatever it was, which is always a good sign. But still, even a bit of an injury couldn't stop Patrick Kane from finishing towards the top of the NHL in points. Um, all in all, considering what he was dealing with, I mean... It's kind of, yeah, it's understandable, you know, to hearing that it kind of, it makes sense to see uh, an area of his game take a little bit of a dip as we saw in his goal totals. He also only had three power play goals, by the way, which was also a career low, but how can you not be happy with the play from Patrick Kane this season? Um, and he also, he never really had a consistent line mate. He was jumbled all around the lineup, playing with a handful of different rookies and such all year long. Uh, his only real consistent line mate seemed to be Pia Suter, who was, of course, in his first year in the NHL. But that didn't lead to a hit in Kane's numbers at all. He still produced at the pace that we fully expected him to. 66 points in 56 games, right up there with the league leaders in the NHL. Um, he also averaged the second highest ice time of his career with 22 minutes and 14 seconds per game. The only time he averaged more than that was two years ago when he was at 22-29 per game. So a 15-second difference there from his career high. The Hawks relied on Kane all season long, and more times than not, he came up big for him. Looking at the game logs for Patrick Kane, only 17 of the 56 games that he played was he held off the score sheet. And in comparison, Kane had 20 games where he recorded two points or more. So consistently producing for this offense and usually in bunches. And they really needed him to do that this season because 
with so many kids in and out in the forward department. There was a lot of injuries. Um, he and Debrinket were really the only pieces of the offense that the team could rely on to uh, produce for them consistently. Taking a quick peep at the analytical numbers, I'm not the biggest analytics guy, but sometimes they can help you see. <clears throat> excuse me, they can help you see the bigger picture and uh, get get more than just the eye test. I will admit that they can help things become more clear, especially in terms of defensemen. But as for like the the Corsi department for Kane, it was by far the worst year of his career at 45.6%. And he's been trending in the wrong direction in this area in each of the last three years. He's now set career lows in three consecutive years. And I can't help but also think that was right around the time when Jeremy Colleton came around and installed his system into the Blackhawks defense. And since then, the team has been... Uh, among the worst in the NHL in shots allowed per game and also in high-danger chances allowed. It hasn't been pretty for the defense as a whole since Colleton has taken over, so that's also one thing to keep in mind when looking at the Blackhawks' analytics. None of their players are going to be particularly good because the Blackhawks, as a team, were among the worst in the Corsi department. Kane himself... um, Taking a look at his on-ice numbers, uh, he was about he had about the normal offensive zone starts that you would expect, um, and he was on the ice at even strength for 57 goals for and 58 goals against, so pretty close there, not bad overall. And let's also not forget when looking at this, Kane's never been considered uh, as a defensive-minded guy this year in particular, though I will say. Um, maybe it could have been because of the injury, but the defense in the giveaways, they, they did seem to be, um, a little bit worse than usual more times than I've noticed in the past. I feel like, um, but at the same time, that's going to happen with a guy who plays with the puck as much as he does. The Blackhawks rely on him so much to enter the offensive zone with the puck and create for this team. And, of course, when he's doing that so often, those blunders are going to come along as well. So, overall, ladies and gentlemen, considering uh, Kane's point totals, his little dip in goals and shooting percentage, the analytics, and his overall impact on the Blackhawks and their record this season, I'm going to give Patrick Kane an A for his efforts in 2021. I probably would have given him an A-. minus had he not come out and stated that he was dealing with an injury. But because he was able to overcome that, as well as a career low in goals, power play goals, and shooting percentage, he still finished tied for sixth in the NHL in points and led the Blackhawks in both points and assists. All that while dealing with a minor injury. So I'm going to agree with the fans who voted yesterday and this morning on Twitter. Thank you. Everyone who participated in that, by the way, be sure to check out at Talk and Hockey on Twitter if you haven't yet. I'm going to agree with the majority of the fans and reward Patrick Kane with an A for his performance in 2021. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Wednesday, May 26th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show. And be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app. 
and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes by following Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Talkin' Hockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.